0: On behalf of myself and B, we acknowledge that we are not indigenous. Rather, we are of settler colonial ancestry. Like many other settler people, we have benefited greatly from living on Turtle Island. As a visitor on this land, we have an important responsibility to acknowledge the grounds on which we are privileged to gather in the pursuit of building community. We are recording today in the traditional territory of the Three Fires Confederacy of First Nations, comprised of the Ojibwe, the Odawa, and the Potawatomi peoples. We are grateful to work, learn, and live in this area. We're making small talk with cool people. Welcome to our show. It's small talk. Okay, recording now?
1: Ready
0: whenever you are. Oh, hey, everybody. We're back for another episode of small talk. And. I'm your dummy dum dum host. My name is Bronwyn, and my pronouns are she, they, and my co-host
1: is... What's up? B-Zelda here. My pronouns are they, them, and we are joined by an incredible guest that I'm just so excited to learn everything about, because I'm coming into this with uh, a whole lot of nothing. Uh, Secondhand stories from me. Yes, yes, <laughs> which it's like broken telephone at best. So uh, Jamie, welcome.
2: Well, thank you. I'm excited to be here.
0: And if if you weren't sure who Jamie was, he's Jamie Greer of Windsor, Ontario, where you spent most of your life? Uh, how long has it been? Most of your adult uh, life?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, most of the last... 30 years yeah
0: yeah you've been here longer than you haven't yes right okay okay so if you were um, living under a rock you were an alien that floated down from a spy balloon and you didn't know who you were and what you're known for how would you describe yourself Uh, I
2: suppose it would all depend on uh, when you knew me or met me (laughs) Um, (laughs) fair uh, to some I suppose that they would know me as a as a bartender uh, uh, I was a, I worked downtown for 20 years or so uh, Patrick Orion's in the Manchester pub for years uh, I, I was also a musician probably the lo- the longest tenured thing would probably be being a musician uh, playing in the local music scene since the mid 90s nice um was in a punk band called Toast. Then uh, a glam rock band called Trailer Park Sex Cowboys. (laughs) Then a country band called The Hung Jury, which is still uh, a project that continues to this day. Then uh, Golden Hands Before God conducts incredible magic band, The Spirits. That was a psych rock band. (laughs) Magic Hall of Mirrors. Vaudevillionaires, which is a metal band that... I'm kind of still in...
0: <laughs> is that with Eric Ingalls? Yes. He was just helping us at Long McQuaid today. Oh, nice. Yeah, yes. That's Eric awesome. Eric
2: is uh, the guitar player. The yeah. Lead, yeah. Lead guitar player. That yeah. is
0: that is an impressive list of musical projects, my friend. And <laughs> you've also had some solo stuff, too. Yeah. New oh, released. yeah. I did
2: a solo album uh, that Luke Misho had helped me put together and our buddy Jake co-wrote one of the songs on it, actually. Nice. <sighs> and also, a lot of people know me because I wrote and covered the local music scene in print and radio from about 1999 until about 2010 13 around there.
0: Yeah, I remember your epic announcement that you were going to retire from the written word and and covering the scene and you were and you were changing gears to an a passion of yours. Can you tell us about that?
2: I uh, decided to start writing about pro wrestling. Yes, <laughs> yeah.
0: yes, yes. Actually, yes! so yeah, that was about
2: that was about two yeah that was about <laughs> 2016, and so uh, pro wrestling something that I just, I just said I'm 50 now. I've probably been a fan of since I was about seven or eight, and this is actually part of the intro for the book I'm now writing, which I'm leading up to. But so we moved here from the United Kingdom. Uh, I was my family's a Scottish and. Uh, I was born in Southampton, England, and we uh, moved over here when I was about four or five. And when I was about seven or eight flipping channels, I saw Rowdy Roddy Piper on the TV mm-hmm. and uh, didn't see a whole lot of Scottish people on TV. So to see somebody who looked like, you know, what my, my parents were, were Scottish and my family and everything else that kind of like, oh, what's this guy doing? And then years later, I would find out he wasn't Scottish. He was Canadian. <laughs> but he's Canadian, so it's like, that's yeah. okay. But then, uh, so it kind of got me sort of directed towards wrestling. And then I've just kind of got obsessed after that. And uh, I guess I finally got brave enough to, to finally unveil my passion for pro wrestling to the world. And so I was uh, writing for a, uh, uh, an online sports magazine, Last Word on Sports. Then I ended up being their managing editor for uh, the wrestling department. And then uh, about a year and a half ago, I finally got published in uh, Pro Wrestling Illustrated, which is, I guess you would say it's the Sports Illustrated or the uh, the Rolling Stone for the pro wrestling world. It's been around. It's been around since the nineteen seventies, and it's been kind of one of it's like these standard. So I got a piece in there, and that's when I kind of was like, okay, things are going good. And then of course COVID hit, and so not being I'm able like to themselves. go out and and do anything, I just kind of started. I'd kind of over the years st- suddenly realized that there was, you know, three or four good stories I could tell about Windsor's wrestling, but I was just I never really looked too much into it. So I just kind of you know had a little bit of the devil's lettuce, I suppose, and went went down <laughs> a rap- went down a rabbit hole, you know, looking at forums yeah. and history stuff and finding more and more stuff. And then I was like, I'm just going to sign up to a newspaper thing and I'm going to see how far back I can find wrestling in the Windsor Star. And it went back a long time, way more than I thought. And the next thing I know, I'm like, oh my gosh, there's an entire story here that nobody knows about.
0: Yeah, I think, and, and just to, to take a moment here, I don't think a lot of people know to this day that... Windsor is a pro wrestling city like no. there's a lot of things that people know about Windsor we have great pizza we're an automotive yeah. capital but people don't know that like we are a hub for pro wrestling and I don't think people understand the connections that the the wrestling world has to our city so that's what's so fascinating like you were saying how far back it went some people don't even know it exists so that's oh, no, absolutely. so great yeah so but, if you were to pick like one of the most like okay so a lot of these these documentaries these streaming docs they look for like the salacious angle they look to see like well there's lots the, of it the dirt there. underneath things but like if you were to pick like a story that maybe was uplifting like like or something that you didn't know that was maybe inspiring and not salacious if you could f- pick one story like that what would you pick or are there any stories like that? Is it all dirt and grind?
2: Actually, one of my favorite stories of the book is about one of Windsor's own that fought through the shit to be- make history. Nice. Um, and I think I've mentioned it to you before in some of our uh, when I get inspired and send you
0: yeah, Facebook yeah. messages. I'm going to tell you about somebody. <laughs> just to know for the listeners, um, I get a lot of DMs from Jamie at weird times not in the sense that like yeah. you can't chat to me at that hour but like just out of the blue it's like a, a whole novel about this the latest queer wrestler that you yeah. wanted, wanted to tell me about yeah, and I yeah. just and I love like every time I see Jamie Greer I'm like ooh, ooh. It's, <laughs> it's either about that or the Muppets and yeah, it's yeah, my favorite <laughs> yeah fair enough
2: well uh, so this is actually a story that she's will go in a lot more depth in the book but uh, this is a, a lady named Sandy Parker so sandy parker um she's vancouver uh her name, her full name jolene cassandra Parker but she went by sandy uh she she was a self described tomboy uh she, and she uh when she was a younger probably 12, 13, uh, one of her uncles i believe uh took her to go see a wrestling match in Vancouver and she just was this is it. This, I've seen my future. This is what I want to do. Hurt people in the ring. <laughs> uh, but when she was about 16, 17, she kind of thought, you know what? Fuck this. I'm going to be a pro wrestler. And uh, she discovered a school in um, Detroit run by a guy named Louis Klein. And she thought, and uh, she had family in Windsor. So she moved here when she was, uh, I believe she was eight, seventeen, eighteen. 17, 18. So she moved here and she lived here for about three, four years. Um, Uh, worked here during the day and at night and then at night she took a bus the the tunnel bus over to Detroit Mm -hmm. by herself to Allen Park Michigan and trained there all night to be a pro wrestler and uh, she trained there for for a year or so and Louie Klein was like I can't teach you anymore so she got sent to Fabulous Moolah's uh, school to work with so Moolah while being known by most people as being a legendary... Which she was, a legendary women's wrestler for... She ran... She ruled it. She was kind of the Vince McMahon of women's wrestling. Sandy going to the after parties at the bars, right, that all the guys and the girls would go to, so she would want to go to find the queer bars in the the towns that she was in. And when Moolah found out, she was like, no, you cannot go and do that because it can't get out to the papers that you're gay. It can't whatever... Uh, Sandy was kind of like uh, finally she was like fuck you I'm not I'm not going to pretend to be someone else so she left now the only person that would know be, unfortunately Moolah ran 95% of the US so Sandy's work suddenly went Meow. nobody wanted to mess with Moolah no. the one person that did is was a woman named Mildred Burke who was actually the first woman's world champion uh, arguably the first star major major star in wrestling one of them anyway you know tonight's been event with millie (laughs) back if you can stand two minutes you win you win two bits you know it was that kind of thing so she was she beat like 300 men apparently allegedly only lost once wow like she was a badass uh she was the woman's champ for about 20 years so she knew very much about being blackballed from Moolah. Yeah. So she took in, in Sandy Parker. Now, what Mil- Mildred Burke had done was she had gone to Japan and taught the women over there, which is um, over in Japan, women's wrestling is called Joshi, J-O-S-H-I. And it's a lot more hard-hitting. And uh, Scott D'Amour, from Windsor, who runs Border City and is also one of the head guys at Impact Wrestling on TV, I interviewed him a few years back, and he's always said that Uh, the joshi women's wrestling was such ahead of its time because it would combine gymnastics dance as well as like martial arts and stuff so they come up with all these new moves and things that he says he he says that he thinks that a lot of men's wrestling is only now catching up to 70s japanese women's wrestling yeah So all of that was started with Mildred Burt going over there and teaching wrestling to the women over there. So anyway, so she had, long story short, she had connections in Japan with this promotion called All Japan Women's R- Pro Wrestling, AJW, which, which is still to this day considered one of the most influential wrestling promotions of all time. Not just women's, any wrestling. Okay. So Sandy went there, and this happens to be the program of her t- debut tour. Nineteen seventy-three.
0: What what you guys can't see is is Jamie has this beautiful, like, oh my goodness, 1970. So this would be considered. What kind of literature would this be considered? That that's uh, the program that they printed program. to give okay. out. Okay. Yeah. we'll uh, we'll try to include a picture of this in our show notes. Nineteen
2: seventy-three. Her second match, she beat the world champion. Dang. She won the world championship that night. So that made Sandy Parker the first uh LGBTQIA+ wrestler that we know of to have won a world championship. Now, she probably wasn't publicly out then. I'm sure it was probably even looked down upon worse in Japan at the time. Um but just I mean obviously I'm I'm fairly certain that there's probably dozens before her. Yeah. Of, of any gender or or uh, representation that probably just never came out so yeah. we, we just don't know but that we know of she that makes her the first in 1973
0: Sandy
1: that's so
2: cool and the second thing is it, she's also the first African descent woman to win a world championship
1: I wanted to ask that snaps more I... for Sandy uh, so
2: 1973 which and that's about her wrestling career started because she came to Windsor and uh, they'll the, the start here so Windsor's a big landmark and I had the, the opportunity to talk to her about a year ago. Uh, it was both the best and worst part of this book because I've been I've been looking for her for years. I got the worst part, not anything she did. Yeah. Um, I called her at. I've been trying for months. I because I I tracked down uh, the journalist who had re- last interviewed her, mm-hmm. and that would have been in two thousand nine. Okay, was the last time she was interviewed she gave me her thankfully i pleaded my case and she gave me her her uh phone number and email address that she had still on file from 2009 and I went, so i was like i'll try it she's probably in re- late late early 70s right now um so i'm like i don't know if she's even going to still have an email address no re- no response an email address never any response uh from the phone calls i would always get an answering machine and it was one of those generic voice messages with no name so it's yeah. like i don't even know if it's still her number yeah. Uh, I was just about to delete it, and I'm like, I'm going to give it one more try. And I called, and some, a late woman answered, and I'm asked, is Sandy Parker there? No. Who's this? I'm like, uh, so I kind of said, uh, my name is Jamie Greer. I'm, I'm, from, I'm calling from Windsor, Ontario. I'm writing a book. And I hear this voice in the background, Windsor, I'm from there.
0: <laughs> and, I,
2: and then she's like, yeah, she's here. And I was like, oh, so she was like, hit like a screener. It was
0: yeah, yeah. Who so are it you? was
2: like, thankfully, like she chose to repeat the Windsor part. Yeah. So she put Sandy on, and I explained my whole spiel, and she was like, you could almost hear her eyes light up. Like, what? Someone wants to talk about wrestling? She's like, yeah, Windsor, Ontario. I lived there for for a bunch of years, and I'm like, yeah, that's why I'm calling. Uh, <laughs> She's like, I'd love to talk to you, but. I have to go into the hospital tomorrow for some routine stuff. I'll be there for about a week. Can you give me a call next Thursday? I'm like, absolutely right. I am whole week. It was like I knew Christmas was coming and I had something coming. Called her on the Thursday, you know, sitting there immediately like, is this too early? Is this too early? 10 10 o'clock called nothing. Called her for the next week, every day, nothing. Finally, three months of leaving messages, nothing. Uh, She hasn't passed away. Finally found a snippet of information that she had been, uh, apparently there was uh, something went wrong during a, a routine surgery that she was going into that week. And she was hospitalized for much longer. So I'm under the assumption that she couldn't go back to her apartment and probably got put into a rest
0: home. Yeah but and now it's going to be even harder to get because
2: a, they won't yeah. I, I can't they can't tell me if a resident lives there and yeah. i get that so it's like i can't go hey sandy parker
0: yeah, yeah yeah like they're
2: like they're not going to be at liberty to tell me that yeah. so it's like
0: ah oh my goodness so
2: i've got some people who
0: but hey she knows you exist she knows i'm trying She knows to you help. care about her and her story and she knows that you're going to tell it like you are right now so that's awesome
1: So you've done like all of that work, all of that research. How the heck do you manage to do that and have a life? Or like, do you just skip because that can alive? be those
0: rabbit holes can be all consuming, right? Oh
2: yeah. Um. First of all, I have a very understanding and a uh, wife. Snaps the uh, Holly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so. Well, I, I mean, I, I do, I work, I have a day job, five days a week, so yeah, that's, uh, so I do most of my writing at night. Oh, okay. um, uh, I've got a nine-year-old son, too, so uh, I've got him, I usually work typically nine to five-ish, uh, so then usually the sort of five to nine time is sort of his, with him vibe, and then I write from nine till two in the morning. And
1: Do you sleep? Or do I, you just take I'm i I'm, I'm a
2: I'm a firm believer in naps, so I yeah. nap I nap thir- I nap throughout the days. Heck yeah. <laughs> um, I I think I've always I don't do well if I have more than six hours of sleep. Like anything more than that, and I feel like I've overslept the whole day. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I think I've just gotten used to it. I am uh, so I'm I'm bipolar. I'm OCD. I'm ADHD. Um. And I it took years of self-medicating or trying to figure out different ways. didn't work, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I didn't seriously start getting help for a lot of my issues until about five, six years ago. Um,
1: That's very late.
2: Oh, yeah. Well, I, I mean, I went to therapy and I went, did try different drugs. But I was diagnosed when I was about 18, mm-hmm. 18, 19. So, and back then, the drugs weren't always the best. Yeah. Um, they, even the best one still made me feel like a zombie, like I and I felt like i killed. Like I, I used to write poetry daily back then, and I don't think I wrote anything for about three years. Like I just couldn't pull anything out. It felt like so. I I got really turned off. Disheartened. Yeah, yeah, and I know I don't. I never want to know everything, but I want to learn everything. Yes. You know what I mean? Like yep. it's like. Yeah. So my brain is always like, and it doesn't matter whether it's uh, who the person is that, that made the first this or who was the voice of this obscure cartoon character. Like every, every my brain it. wants to know everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, so researching stuff is just, it's, I think it's a coping thing that because as long as I'm focusing on digging that rabbit hole, i'm not focused on anything else that's gonna make me upset or send me <laughs> off because i know i'm digging a tunnel towards something that i'm interested in that i'm, I'm excited about Being a little attacked yeah no, um, that's real and, uh, yeah
1: <laughs> at some point during this recording i started looking at one of the names you gave us because i'm like oh my god i need to know more but i'm literally listening to you talk about <laughs> her and i still yeah so it's something that it's a uh, it gives me like that hit of dopamine my brain's like yeah research that stuff my, uh... <laughs> give me that sweet sweet knowledge
0: Is there anyone that's been like a really good resource that you've you you lean on for for There's a lot been of your? There's so scoops? many that I'm trying. To
2: yeah, <laughs> um, how do you credit
1: just one? Uh,
2: Jeff Kavanaugh, uh, he works for uh, Border City Wrestling. He's kind of a big guy behind the scenes. Uh, he also kind of works in a sort of a, a similar position, well, much lesser scale with Impact, um, but uh, he's been a great resource. Uh, he's got an almost encyclopedic mind about everything that's happened for Border City Wrestling. So. He, He's been a great help in contact. Uh, there's been so many. I mean, Scott DeMore himself yeah. uh, has been has been a great help as needed. Um,
0: um, Are there any up-and-coming native uh, uh, Windsorite wrestlers that we should be watching out yeah, for? Yeah, yeah,
2: absolutely. I can't remember if we talked about Giselle Shaw on the air or not. No, I, not I yet. We nope. Okay, so there's right now, let's see. So there's uh, probably the biggest one right now and and she's not I wouldn't say she's up and well she's she is to the majority of the people she is yeah, she started her name is Giselle Shaw, she lives in windsor she uh moved here about a year or so ago, but she's not new to Windsor. she wrestled with border city before that. Windsor is a great hub for that and it's why actually you'll you'll read about that in the book too about why it became a great hub for North American wrestling was because Windsor Detroit is central to a lot of the territories. I was following her when she was on the Indies mainly because of my heart family obsession because she's from, she's from Western Canada. She's originally, um, but she, her family moved to, to Alberta when she was younger. Uh, so she was raised in Canada and uh, she was trained to wrestle uh, by a guy named Lance Storm, Canadian wrestler.
1: <laughs> uh, Lance name.
2: Storm. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's not his real name, obviously. But, yeah, um, I mean, I wish. But, but anyway, <laughs> uh, he's a highly respected Canadian uh, wrestling trainer. Uh, he's from Calgary, Alberta, Canada. And he was trained by the Hart family. So whoever the Hart trains, I automatically love. And then whoever they train, I automatically love. So okay. it became its part of my wormhole of my uh, yeah. association. I automatically think you're an amazing person, an amazing wrestler. <laughs> so um, so I, I was following her career when I heard that she was another new recruit and she was coming out of uh, the Western wrestling scene. And then she went over to the UK and right as the UK scene was blowing up about five, six years ago, and she started winning world titles over there, Women, like the rest, women's wrestling titles over there. And then she kind of came back, she kind of went an alternate route of rather than becoming bigger over here, she went to Europe first and kicked ass in England and Scotland and Germany and Ireland and stuff like that, and then came back and worked her way through the, the North American independence scene. And now she's kind of, so that's what I, when I was saying, she's not really an up-and-coming, but on the TV circuit, she's re- definitely becoming, and so, She's been having a great run on Impact TV as, as this, uh, as I was saying, this queen bitch character, yeah, mm-hmm. uh, where she's better than everyone else, which is, which is that's that's the only classic. You need that classic it's heel. It's It's so I'm prettier than you. I'm more mm-hmm. successful than you. And f you. Yep.
0: Yeah. and so, there's nothing you can do about it. And yeah. she's
2: been uh, she worked her way, she, you know, st- she would she was uh, beating a lot of the lower card wrestlers, as they say, and then she's beating some of the more recognizable names, and now she's. Got a big one uh, coming up. I think it's on the twenty fourth on pay per view for Impact, where she's facing Diana Perazza who's a f- former two time world champion. There, uh, so my theory is that I think because our pay per view here is that would be the next one in March, w- which would be the Sacrifice. That if she beats Diana Perazzo, I suspect she's going to be going for the title here in her hometown of Windsor, Ontario, at St. Clair College. That's so cool. Um, that's what I'm hoping. And she actually made a huge history last year. She was in all this, even like major mainstream media. Uh, she came out as uh, as a trans woman.
1: Yeah.
2: Which uh, I had no idea.
1: That's incredible. Uh,
2: nobody knew. Like, I mean, some of her friends did, obviously, but. Uh, and it was awesome to see uh, Impact and Scott DeMore specifically came right out that day and, you know, 100% behind her. Um, and. That's didn't amazing. didn't didn't change her booking. Didn't change her storytelling. Didn't change anything. Just kept huh. going. Everything is, is um I believe that makes her the second on national TV now. Uh, Nyla Rose, who I was mentioning earlier, is uh, is weekly on uh, or is with uh, AEW on a on a big platform as well. So the queer wrestling community has really become one of the most exciting ones to watch because there's always been obviously. I mean, there's, you can go back, we, there's more and more coming uh, stories coming out where they found letters or journals and they're like, Oh my gosh, this wrestler was, was queer in some. Compa-. And so it's constantly being rewritten in, in a positive way. Yeah. It's um, amazing. But a few years ago, a lot of them start, a lot of the queer wrestlers started to just to put on their own shows because they were tired. Of, I mean, yes, it's a hundred times more inclusive now than it was even, even 10 years ago, yeah. five years ago. Um it's gotten to the point where there, there's so much confidence in the amount of wrestlers that are in that community that are now openly coming out, uh, than what they could in the past. Um, that just having one or two on a show, it's going to take forever to finally catch up to get to the point where it's truly they're they're being put on for whatever. Um, so while it's still great to see even one or two on, on, a, on a show nowadays, there's too many wrestlers now that they'll never get a chance. So they're 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 now booking their own shows and. Okay. And, promotions and things um so it's fantastic to see people being able to wrestle in their own skin yeah um and not have to worry about uh being now if they're playing a feminine or or a kind of a certain stereotype typical character it's because that's who they are that's like that's who they want to be or that's who their presentation Mm -hmm. is even even off camera Yes. They're not having to do it because they're it's
1: not a, a strange it's, gimmick it, or. A... It's not,
2: they're not doing it to be booed because they're gay. Yeah,
1: yeah.
2: It's like you're you're booing them now because they're just playing that bitchy mean girls yeah. kind of character because yeah. that's the character that they want to present, but uh, that it's a more honest representation. So, um, and it's great. And there, a lot of them are breaking into more mainstream. Uh, a lot of the top indies now uh a lot of their main characters are characters that aren't even playing characters that you would say are stereotypical uh characters that you would say they're definitely lgbtqia yeah. or whatever uh they're just great fucking wrestlers yeah they, they, it is yeah. like who gives a shit i mean well, we all know a, they're gay or they're bi or they're trans or whatever yeah. it doesn't matter it doesn't, doesn't affect the story who gives a shit
0: yeah i'm I'm attracted to wrestling in the same sense that I'm attracted to drag. It's all about the performance, the character, the story you're telling. If anything, what I love about this is, regardless of whether or not you're a wrestling fan or not, those of you out there who are wrestling fans already you're gonna love hearing these stories because you're gonna learn things about and it's always special when it's your hometown with, yeah. where, the place you live like especially like sports and stuff like you love hanging on or even like a fan of anything music yeah. you love hanging on to the stories that happen in your backyard yeah. right um so that's awesome for them but even fans that uh or people who aren't fans of wrestling like if you're a person who appreciates like the tapestry that is Windsor and like the pieces that have made our cultural mosaic. Like this is something you might not have even thought to have, have of included in Windsor's story. So that's amazing. One of the
2: best compliments I got was, um I've actually, I've, there's been a few people that I've been sending out that have access. I'm writing on Google docs to, mostly because I'm worried my computer's about to die. <laughs>
1: it's cloud storage though. Like oh, yeah. world of difference. Absolutely. I can access it on every computer I touch.
2: So I'll, you know, I'll stumble across certain people. That I think, okay, I kind of want your perspective and I do it. I, I've got people that aren't wrestling fans at all. And, uh, one of the, the one of the producers of uh, the, the your TV show, they were like, "Well, we we need, we need to read your book before we can, or what you've got written anyway, before we can do the show, just to make sure that you know it's they don't want to promote it and then find out I've got a little a whole chapter on like, this Lotties person or whatever, or- yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> which is like fair enough. So and and uh, she and they were they were like, uh, I was I really enjoyed it and found a lot of stuff and I don't like I don't like watching wrestling. I don't like wrestling. I haven't really considered wrestling in my life, and whatever." so i mean that, that helped because one of the, the the way i'm looking at it is regardless of which angle whether it's a local history book or it's a pro wrestling history book either way it's a niche yes. i'm like this is ne- not something that's going to be like a, i'm never going to make oprah's book club like <laughs> i might make dan mcdonald's which, which to me is <laughs> yeah, a far better come on, far better. Dan, make come sure. on.
1: yeah <laughs>
0: Wow, Jamie Greer, what a guest. Um, We love talking to Jamie. What you guys don't know is there's probably like an hour or so of stuff we had to leave on the cutting room floor. But that's okay, because that just means you have to go out and buy his book, The History of Wrestling in Windsor. Um, It's going to be coming out soon. Jamie's putting the finishing touches on it, and it will be available to you. So make sure you check that out, and make sure you check us out at the Windsor Small Talk on our socials, at Windsor Small Talk, and on Instagram, and you can listen to this episode uh, wherever you listen to your podcasts. We're making small talk with cool people. Welcome to our show, it's Small Talk.
1: Hey y'all, be Zelda here, because I know you have not heard enough of my voice, but I'm just popping in to remind you all that we have a Patreon page. It is something that is building and budding like the flowers in springtime. Currently, you can get exclusive snippets and previews to episodes before they come out, as well as Bronwyn and I will be trying and playing a handful of two-player and co co co-op tabletop games. And I'm a huge fan of indie games because why not get creative with the way that we tell stories and gamify it so everybody else can have as much fun. Make sure you follow us on Patreon. We are Windsor Small Talk. Take care.